up everybody we are here for the 2021 season of f1 this is f yeah f1 f i'm yeah. in I'm with my buddy ryan hey hey and uh we're excited to be a part of the movie john podcast network and come at you now with uh the new season of f yeah f1 and we're gonna review some uh some drive to survive yeah, I mean, I think we both have a lot of affection for the series because it's basically what made us into Formula One fans that first season. Oh, it's um, what made us friends. Well, that, that yeah, that too, exactly. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, and so we're going to basically use F, uh, Drive to Survive as our like 2020 season look back, like a look back of last year yeah. using this documentary as, as, as a basis for it. So this episode... Is oh, the appropriate thing to do. I think that's the appropriate thing to do. Oh, it's totally. Kind of use that as a flashback, because what a hell of a season it was. A crazy season. Crazy season. Uh, and I think you know, and it's a thing that I recommend the show uh, Drive to Survive to people who don't watch Formula One, because I think it is actually just that well made of a documentary series where I think you could just jump in and watch it and you know pick up on yeah. everything. For sure. And I think that it really, it just, it, it's a very welcoming way. Cause I know that a lot of like old school diehard F1 fans don't like drive to survive, but I, I think that at least they should appreciate that. It's like a way for new people to get into the sport quickly. Cause mm-hmm. like if you turn on a race on Sunday and just kind of like try to jump in like there's so much to learn and it's just like you're and you're watching a race you don't fully understand but uh drive to survive is a really great way to meet the drivers meet the teams yeah exactly understand a little bit more about how the cars work and the triumphs and the and the tribulations of all of them it's uh it's a lot of fun yeah so we're uh we're going to do a bunch of episodes about it. This episode's going to cover the first two episodes of that series, and then we'll be doing that going forward. So if you're listening to this right when it comes out, which is the day season three drops on Netflix, uh, yes. then you can follow along next week. Uh, we'll have a bunch more episodes covering uh, all 10 episodes for the season. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty, um, we're doing two, we're doing two D2S episodes per podcast, right? Yep. Yeah. So cool. this will be episode one and two, the next the next episode of our show will cover three and four and so on. Yeah. But before we get into drive to survive, Ryan, I have a question. Uh, are we going to go from one to 10 or from 10 to nine in our rankings of the car liveries? Uh, we're going to go from the bottom up. So we'll go from 10 I'm up. I'm so glad you said that. Because that's the right way to do it. <laughs> That is the right way to do it, right? Like if we started yeah. at one, it would just get more disappointing as we went down. Exactly. Um, so, you know, in our 
in our show notes, uh, I have all the pictures of the different liveries that have been rolled out painstakingly yeah, slowly yeah. over the past like three weeks. <laughs> um, and it's, it's weird. You know what I had a thought that was weird is like, there's so many rules in F1 about how stuff is done. I'm actually surprised that there's no like, oh, like Mercedes, I, like I was, I would expect Mercedes to go last because like they're the championship car from the previous season. Like I would imagine, like yeah. I would want them to go in like points order from last season. That would be cool. See, that makes sense. Right. Like fucking Ferrari getting to wait to the end to unveil their car. It's like, I mean, I guess because- they didn't even wait to the end. They waited a week after everybody else was done. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were like, we have one too. And, and I mean, this might spoil our list a little bit, but it looks like they waited to the last minute. Yeah, they forgot. <laughs> they forgot. I feel like all the other ones were announced and they were, one of the Ferrari guys went on Instagram and was like, fuck, we had to design the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like totally, totally messed it up. Um, all right, so Ian, what's what's your number ten? What's your my, least favorite? My least favorite, uh, which might be uh, a little bit, uh, it might be a little bit because of how I feel about the mm -hmm. team. My number ten is the Haas car. That is also my number ten. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's, I mean the it's funny because the 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 first thing i thought when i saw the car was like oh red white and blue they're the american team like that makes sense and then the second thing i read was oh they're under investigation because the front wing looks like the russian flag and that's not yeah. allowed in international sports <laughs> right now yeah like the, the whole fucking car is russian flags yeah and like and beyond that you know like with all this stuff going on with mazepin and like mm -hmm. how it's like team mazepin and and poor Mick Schumacher, who's just trying to race in F1, you know, <laughs> and just is getting bulldozed by the news of, of Haas and Mazepin. Uh, like, I, I really hope that, that Mick has a good year. I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, will, I will not be rooting for Haas at any point, and their car sucks. It looks terrible. It just looks, it's very plain. Like, even, like, even taking away the Russian stuff. It's just a pretty plain white car. And I feel, I just feel like it's a downstep from even their last two designs. Agreed. I think that it kind of looks like they were really going for, like if we take away, like you said, take away the Russian stuff. Like it looks like they were really going for the retro vibe mm -hmm. and just missed the mark. Entirely. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, what is your number nine? Pretty sure we agree on that one too, Mr. Silverstein. Yeah. It's uh, uh it's the Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> that piece of shit. Like, I feel like they designed the car to match the to match their season last year. Like, there's it's so there's a quote in <laughs> episode four of the season of Drive to Survive <clears throat> that they reference where they're like. I think it's one of the journalists. It's like Enzo Ferrari. It's he like he always said like if you tell a kid to draw a race car, they will always color it red, and that's why Ferrari is is always red. They fucked up the red car. It's just <laughs> like they put some green on it, which is, with the stupid like mission winner thing. Which like you know we all know that's the tobacco companies paying for the car. Like it's fine. Yeah, but it's it's like the lime like green screen background color. Yeah, it's not a good idea. And then, 
and then the back half of the car is burgundy for some reason. Well, they had well they had their uh, what was it the the one thousandth Grand Prix car last year that was like the all burgundy mm-hmm. and it looked great. Yeah, and they just and it seemed like they just had extra paint and they're like, fuck <laughs> it, put it on the back. Yeah, and like if the car was all that color, I'd be fine with it. If it awesome. was if if it was all red, I'd be totally fine with it. But adding that and the green, like it just this is why I have it ranked ninth, not because I actually think it's the second to worst looking car in the field, but because like, again, it's the red car. Like if they had yeah. the easiest job, p- paint it red. Make it red. Yeah. Find the same red <laughs> that you've always used and make it red. If they unveiled the just a totally red car, everybody would have been like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's it. Nobody <laughs> would bat an eye. Yeah. Nobody would bat an eye. Nobody gives a shit. Make it faster. How about that? <laughs> How about instead of like these idiot designers that you paid probably a lot of money, mm-hmm. make the make the power make it faster. Make it faster in the straights. That would be ideal. That would be I mean, that would be ideal. And, and again, you had one job. And that job one was job. red. <laughs> Paint it red. Yep. Oh my god. Uh, are they allowed to are any of the teams I don't know this. Are any of the teams allowed to like Re- do they get a redo <laughs> i hope so because they just be like we fucked up we just want to make it red again because <laughs> uh, moving on to, to my number eight uh oh, is yeah. uh the mercedes car oh oh that's yeah. your eight huh? that's my eight because again it's like the car last year one in the uh preseason drive to survive like like watching that i was like oh yeah the mercedes car used to be like silver like i I had forgotten because i've gotten so used to the black look that they had for all of the regular season last year Mm -hmm. and i was like that looked great um like the black and you know teal green whatever whatever mint whatever color that is looks great yeah yeah but then it's like oh let's add some red let's add a like white gradient like it looks like i made it in ms paint like yeah yeah it's not i I feel like everybody was just trying to do more with their cars this year and it's like you should have done less like i wish you didn't do as much like i could probably handle the white by itself but like the red and the white it's just too much it's too much yeah it's yeah and they have that weird little pink stripe on the front i get it i get i get why you put it there it's yeah. my it's a, it's on the bottom half of my list. It's not eight, <laughs> but it's definitely on the bottom half. All right. So what's what's your uh, eight? My number eight is the Alpine. Okay, that's my number seven. So okay, cool, 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 yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. It just, I mean, it looks like a tube of toothpaste. It does. I can't not see it. Yeah. Um I and can't. It, it's not that it's bad. It's perfectly fine as a tube of toothpaste. It just doesn't <laughs> look like a race car. <laughs> Your background right now, I know that no one can see it, but your background <laughs> is the toothpaste guy. It's literally a, an Aquafresh, or what is that? Aquafresh? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think it's Aquafresh. I did not make that picture. I was like Googling like toothpaste yeah, F1 car. But it's, yeah, but it's, it's, a, a, it's a box of toothpaste. It's a toothpaste box with some wheels on it. <laughs> yeah, with softs. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so that's my number eight. It's your number seven, so mm-hmm. I'll push right through to my number seven, uh, which is the Alfa Romeo. All right, um, that, that's my number six. There you see, we're on yeah. point, and, we and totally Mercedes on point. is my six. Okay, Mercedes cool. Is my six. All right, 
So like we have the same six through ten. That's what right. I'm glad I'm glad uh, that we're on the same page here. Because I don't think 100 percent This is the first design I would say that is not bad. The, I think the, the Romeo car. really isn't bad. I, I I like the I like the Alfa Romeo. I really like their colors, but mm-hmm. they just flipped it from what it was last year, and I liked it better last year. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think last year just was stronger. Like, yeah, like it was just a, yeah, like it just stood out more. Like this feels generic, like yeah. more generic than the one last year. Just like their drivers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. All right. So Sorry, drivers. my number five. Top five. Is yeah. uh, Williams. That's my number five. Sweet. That is my number five. Very good. I love this. Yeah. I love how this game goes. I, I like that we didn't describe discuss this at all. Not at all. Uh, I like the William. I really like their uh, alarm clock numbers. Yeah. No. I like. I like that. Uh, I, I. I think this captures the retro look better than than any of the others that are going for it. Like. Yeah. You know. Uh, I. I actually really like the uh, light blue stripes in like the back half of the car and then like the all then the back being like all black like it's just yeah. and it's a good it's a good color palette like all the colors actually work together like it makes sense looking at the car yeah. i'm um, gonna say something strange but i think that you'll get it it reminds me of a tropical fish mm-hmm. mm. especially with like the 100%. little tiny bit of orange that's in there you know what i mean yep it's basically dory from uh finding nemo yeah, it's the Dory car. Yeah. <laughs> and I like it. Um, I mean, it's a cool car. The reason it's not higher, I will say, is because uh, they still need some sponsors. And I feel like like I feel like part of the reason that it looks good is because it doesn't have a bunch of other logos on it. Like once they There's nothing on it. Yeah. Like once they add in, you know, um, I'm trying to think of like British British things they could add on. Like I I, I don't know, but you know, once they add in um, red stripe or whatever, you know what I mean? Like once they add in yeah, a bunch yeah, of other yeah. logos, it's it's not going to look quite as nice. So that that's why I have it uh, in the not. That's why I don't have it higher because I think it's a good yeah. design. Um, I just think that it's going to look a little bit like I worry that with the stripes and then all the logos on top of that, it could look too busy. So, yeah, I didn't even consider that. But you make a really good point. Um, I have to give I have to give credit to my wife for that because I was I was like showing her and I was like okay without my bias like I'm not giving you any of any opinions like what do you think is the best what do you think is the worst so yeah yeah and she was like I really hate how they have all these corporate logos over the car and I was like that doesn't count <laughs> yeah you can't you gotta you gotta look past them yeah <laughs> ignore this that's funny what's your number four uh so my number four is uh one of the entries I will call, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And that's McLaren. McLaren's my number four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as soon as you said, I was like, it's going to be McLaren. Uh, that's Absolutely. awesome. Dude, it looks, it's like they took last year's, they put a hair more black on it. And they're yep. like, you know, Done. this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I love it. Like I, I love, you know, thinking about watching it on TV, like the McLaren's, the McLaren cars always pop uh yeah like watching yeah. them on tv you can always pick them out easily and that's part of what the design is for that and i just really like the orange and blue it's just really really pleasing to me yeah did they change the blue from last year it looks lighter at least in this picture but i don't know if that's just like the you know the crazy lights that they have on it for like all these yeah, like official like photos or whatever 
I feel like it's a little lighter than last year, but I don't mind it. I like uh, I like it. I think that McLaren did a good job. And yeah. Like we're just gonna do this. All right. So what's what's your number three then? Uh, let me see. My number three. Oh, my number three is Red Bull. Okay. All right. Red Bull. For pretty much the same reason. Uh, it, it's very much a if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, the, this this top three was really tough uh, for me personally. Top very hard. Yeah. Um, because they're all very good. I put, yeah. I ended up putting Red Bull at the top only because I just feel like this design and like this is me trying to divorce my Red Bull fandom from this approach. But I think that the, like if you were to take one F1 car design from this era to put like in a museum, it would be this Red Bull, like with this like dark blue, yeah you make a really good point you know um so that's that's what i was thinking about yeah like yeah i mean red bull is such a sexy car the only reason it wasn't higher for me because i do think i agree with you i think it's probably the best looking car on the grid the reason it wasn't higher is just because like it was a copy and paste from last year Mm -hmm. which i'm good with you know what i mean they were like hey this works and it looks great and it's like that that super dark blue and and like how they have the matte finish kind of this year Mm-hmm. Um, and the the Red Bull logo just like fits the car perfectly, and yeah. you know you can't like I I like it a lot. I just just like just because it wasn't like super new, mm-hmm. that's why it was three for me. Totally fair. I, yeah. Again, this top three was super tough. I went back and forth on all these, so uh, I know exactly what your number three is in that case. Okay, which is Tari. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> gotta be Alpha Tari. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is like the opposite of Alfa Romeo, uh, which is funny because they're both Alfa, but they flipped the car. But this version I like better than last year's. Yes, yes. Because I remember we talked about it last year. I really liked last year's and you did not. Yeah, uh, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like it, it's, but this I think is a, a big improvement. Like this is a much mm-hmm. sexier car. I think the white like underneath and then yeah. the Alphatari logo on the back, like I think that just pops more. Um, yeah. And, and the, that's a great blue. Yeah, that blue is fantastic. It looks like the yeah. this is a car that looks fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Great car. I love the Alpha Tauri. Uh and so uh, your number t- my number two, your number one mm-hmm. uh is the new Aston Martin. It looks fucking great. Hell yeah, dude. That Aston Martin looks fucking great. And it's so cool to see the green car on the grid again. Yeah. Um you know, I mean, I say again, after watching like old videos and stuff of it. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, and, it's so rad. And I, I, I originally just... had this as my number one when I first did the list. And I was like, okay, I feel like I'm putting it just because I'm excited that Aston Martin is back. So I like, I need to, I need to back off just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But it's a good color. I like that they have the like little pink stripe on the front of the front wings, which is like a nice, yeah. like a nice tribute to Racing Point, um, which they were last year. Uh, but that car just it looks great. It's a great color green, um, yeah. you know. And just and like, how it's all green, like they did what Ferrari should have fucking done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and look how good it looks. Look how good that car looks. It's so um, good. The so good. The new Aston Martin safety car looks fucking great. Like Yo, I want to like, I want to drive it. <laughs> that car is sick. <laughs> that car is so sick. I uh I actually when you sent it to me, I went around there's a few guys in the office that like I've been trying to get onto F1 
Um, and they're, they're, they're like pseudo car guys, but they're car guys kind of like how any guy is a car guy mm-hmm. uh, to a certain point. Um, or any person, I think, kind of is a car person. Any person that say. is like, oh, going fast is cool is a little bit of car yeah, person. Yeah, but I think also like there's, you know, uh, there's something to be said for even even these cars for anyone like if somebody doesn't care about racing at all that's fine but like if you can look at a building or a bridge and be like wow that's incredible or you can look at a rocket that goes to space and be like that's incredible or you can look at a sculpture and be like that's incredible you can look at a formula one car and be like yo that's incredible like yeah that that is a masterpiece made by a lot of brilliant people who figured out how to make the greatest possible vehicle that a, a human being can drive. Yeah. And then when you tell them like, by the way, this thing is one, largely what you're looking at is like carbon fiber and two, it goes well over 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Like in the blink of an eye, <laughs> Yeah, in the blink of an eye. Yeah. A dude was, a, a guy was asking me about it and he was like, how fast do those things go? I was like, probably like 220. Uh, when they get a good straight, I was like, but you shouldn't think about, about how fast it can go. It's how fast it can accelerate to how fast it can go and then how fast it can decelerate and then accelerate again over and over and over. Yeah. Like that's what, that's what makes it different than like, you know, a, a car that's going around in a circle for a few hours. Like, right. This to- is- it's, it's a totally different thing. It really is. And yeah. Like, you know, I watched like one NASCAR race last year and I was like, yeah, I remember why this was fun, but also like, I don't know. I feel like everything's kind of this, like it's too samey where like, yeah, you know, it's not, there's not as much, I feel like the driver skill just isn't as high because. Yeah. Know, it's just it's not, different... it's simply just not like you can't, you can't, you can put an F1 driver in a stock car and they'll get bored. You put a stock car driver in an F1 car and no, they won't be able to make it around the fucking track one. Right. Like that's, that's just how it is. Um, so yeah, so very excited about the new season. Uh, Great there's lots, lots more to talk about there. Great ranking of the design, you know, the deliveries of the cars because I like uh, that we see eye to eye because I think that means that everyone agrees with us. Yeah, I mean, and I will say, generally from the reactions I saw on like Instagram and F1 Twitter, seemed everyone seems to sort of be on the same page at least in terms of like these designs are good, these designs are bad. Yeah um and like there's so many where it's like i don't understand why you change it because i don't remember the cars looking that different from like 2019 to last year i don't think i do either i mean like some the ones where the i guess racing point but just because the team changed right and like i I know they always tweak the design but i just don't remember it being like that different other than mercedes being like you know hey from pre-testing to uh the first race like our car has completely changed colors (laughs) yeah we we are black now yeah Yeah. Um, uh yeah i don't i don't think i don't really remember any of them changing all that much but uh and it seems like they kind of made more of a thing out of the new cars this year than at least they did last year but i mean i was still kind of a new fan so yeah um all right, so do you want to get into the first episode of season three of Drive to Survive? Uh, Drive to ep- Survive, baby! And I want to, you know, big shout out to Netflix for giving us the hookup and letting us watch it a couple weeks early so we could record these and, and kind of get them done. 
so that people can kind of listen as they go. Um, man, what an insane season last year was. Yeah, it, it's funny because this is the, so the first episode is called Cash is King. Um, and the entire first episode is preseason. Like it goes all mm-hmm. the way up to, oh shit, they just canceled the Australia race. Um, right, right. And which that's the whole first episode. Yeah. Which I, is, I do want to point out. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like this is the first thing that I've watched about the pandemic while in the pandemic where yeah. I was like, oh, I remember like when this stuff was happening because it feels like, you know, it was like the snap of a finger and all of a sudden like everything had changed. And what's cool about this episode, it was a good reminder that like, hey, there's this there's this new virus, like there's kind of an outbreak. Like, like it's like a... This, it's like a horror movie is happening in the background of this episode where like, you know, Ricardo is on his yeah. way to Barcelona for testing. And they're like, he's like, Oh, Hey, if I, you know, I hear if you drink Corona beer, like you get immune, you know, like making, making a joke about it. So like, yeah, it, got, yeah. it was a thing, but then like you get to Australia and there's people walking around like without masks and like, there's no social distancing. Like everything is like business as usual. And then there's like all these rumors going around and like things are changing like by the hour. And so it was kind of cool to see this like, hey, like everything's kind of normal. And then all of a sudden it being like totally not normal. Yeah, it was, I mean, I, I, I want to take a small step back. And I think that this season is so cool. Uh, I should say of Drive to Survive. The season's so cool because uh the previous seasons, it seemed like each episode kind of focused on a team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and this is like focusing on the sport. Like the first couple episodes really just focus on the whole, the whole shebang, like the whole sport. And, uh, and that's, I mean, I thought it was great because you're right. It's, it's sort of, it was eerie watching it and remembering because like I would I'll be the first to admit that I was guilty of it last year in like February being like I think this is fine like mm-hmm. I think it's like a flu and, and everybody's going to be okay and like, everybody's making kind of a big deal about this and then like the NBA shuts down and uh the one part of of Drive to Survive that really stood out was when uh I forget who's on stage with them but it's where they get the title from um when Lewis and Seb are on stage getting interviewed and somebody's like, why do you think that they haven't canceled this yet? Yeah. And I think Seb says it first, but then Lewis says it louder. Yeah. Where he goes, cash is king. Yeah. And like, and it's like, yeah, like they, they were ready to keep going. And then, uh, I, you know, and it didn't show it as clearly in the first episode um, as I remember it, but last year it was, uh, McLaren that pulled out first yeah because so uh what's funny is there's a scene of the of Lando um like talking about like oh hey like I heard some of the Haas guys like I checked out the hospital or whatever and then I was like wait wasn't it a McLaren and then like the next scene it's like oh McLaren driver has official a McLaren mechanic has officially tested positive for COVID-19 and then yeah. that was when McLaren was like shut it down we're pulling out and you know, I think it's, 
it's just like I said, like I remember all that happening. I remember texting with you back and forth where we were like, oh shit. Yeah. Like it seems like like we were getting all pumped, like we had already done. Remember remember we did two 2020 season preview episodes last year because yeah, we did one and then we had to do one like two months later, um, again because everything had changed so much. And then like yeah. uh I, I think this this episode does a really good job of of like setting that up and setting up a couple different storylines for the whole season. Like COVID obviously being a huge one, it doesn't mm-hmm. really come back at least in the first couple episodes. Um, like once things get back to racing, um, you know. It, it's kind of like in this new normal, like they're not focusing on it, but I really like the way that it starts in this one as like a background thing that we all know is coming. And then all of a sudden it's like, now what? Like by the end of the episode, nobody knows what's going to happen yet. Well, I think the, the thing that really stuck out to me um, that I enjoyed, enjoyed is kind of a weird way to put it, but the thing that like was a little comforting was seeing all of the, you know, because you were just saying we were texting back and forth, getting excited and trying to figure it out. And I remember even our, our first episode last year when we were sitting there across from one another, it was like, <laughs> well, I guess the China race is out. Like, right. I guess they're not going to do that one. And, you know, sitting sitting there and being confused. And then they show all this footage of these guys, like these these heroes that we look up to, these these superhuman drivers and, and these crew members. And everybody's sitting around like, we don't know what's going on either. Mm-hmm. Like no one knew. Yeah. And watching them all sit there and realize like, oh, this might really be a problem. And and everyone kind of starting to lean into being, going from confused to nervous mm-hmm. to taking it like really seriously and realizing that that all happened for them within a matter of days yeah like there's there's a point where somebody's like yeah things are changing by the hour in terms of what we know what we feel about what we know what we think is going to happen you know and i think one of the things that the first uh because this this comes up again in the second episode but i think the way that um you know especially with christian horner like the time they spend with him it's right at the end of uh i think it's right at the end of the first episode where he's like if at all possible, we need to keep racing because we need to keep these teams like in business. And the way that these teams make money is is by having races and we need to find a way to do that. And, you know, and it goes from, Hey, we, we still think we can do this to like, Oh no, we can't do this. Um, And like, you know, it's funny because it's clear from like the stuff that they were filming that, that like this was going to be the racing point episode or at least like Mm -hmm. the first one of, you know, maybe two racing point episodes because like that was the the other big story of the episode is they were like, hey, everyone's talking about how fast racing point is, like how they copied the 2019 Mercedes car, you know, mm-hmm. and like the team principal is like, well, if we weren't fast, like nobody would be complaining. So like, you know, right. like basically like, why shouldn't we do this? And the other teams are like, well, we think it's probably illegal. And seeing all that unfold, uh, was also just really cool as like you know it feels like they're setting up like in these first couple episodes like storylines are going to come back to in the back half of the season yeah yeah which i mean and again like it they did a really good job i know that and again because there's a lot of people you see online everybody's like oh they just lean into the the drama of it it's like well yeah like 
you want more fans and the way to kind of get them when, when especially like Americans who didn't grow up with this and don't know what's going on. It's like, yeah, show them a little bit of the drama, like have people pick a favorite and, and sort of look, I mean, what's going on. F1 is dramatic as fuck. It's dramatic as fuck, <laughs> dude. And like anybody that doesn't think it is, it's like literally watch one race and for 10 minutes, just listen to the commentators talk to one another. Yeah. Exactly. They're just mean to each other the whole yeah. time. <laughs> it's like, of course, it's dramatic. Like, yeah. Everybody just snips at everybody else. And, like, you know, you have teammates that bump one another and take each other out of the race. And, like, that's a season changing, life altering moment, you know, when that happens. I mean, it happened with Red Bull. Look what happened. It happened with Ferrari. Look what happened. And, like, you see that kind of shit. And it's like, oh, that's, that's, all anyone's going to think about for the entire year right and and i think i think what i really appreciate about this series all the way to date uh including this season is that they i think they do do a good job balancing between the on the track drama and the off the track drama and showing how those feed each other like you know i think it's really easy especially like you know on the formula one reddit or like formula one twitter where people are like oh like you know Renault is complaining about the racing point car because they're like sore losers or whatever. But like they need to like these are 10 intensely competitive organizations and any advantage they can get, they're going to take any way to to take away an advantage from one of their rivals. They're going to take, you know, that it's the same thing with Mercedes and their their DAS system. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the Ferrari and their engine in 2019, like all of that stuff impacts the stuff that's actually going on in the track. Like Ferrari oh. isn't slow because they screwed up their car. Like in part they are, but, <laughs> but the people complained about it. Right. And it was ruled that something was illegal. And like, yeah. you know, we already knew going into last season that like, Hey, Mercedes has this DAS system. It's been ruled illegal, but not for this year. Cause it wasn't technically, technically against the rule. So they're allowing it, but we know that they won't have it next year. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and like Mercedes blows everyone away and then, you know. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, I mean, it's so, yeah, the first episode just really, really lines that up perfectly. Um, I love, uh, I, I just, I loved seeing everyone kind of again and how they kind of built all that up. And you're right. They really are. Um, they really are focused on on Lance Stroll and Racing Point a lot in this one. And it, uh, it, I love Lawrence Stroll rather. Yeah, uh, I love his like intro where he's just like, "I'm Lawrence Stroll. I'm the chairman." Yeah, like yeah. just like very <laughs> much like. Is that you? I don't know where that's coming from. It's weird. Someone else is just in the conversation. They feel the same way about Lance. Stroll, yeah, for sure. Now, Lauren Stroll, like it's. <laughs> I mean, like, whatever. Lauren Stroll is such a a weird dude, but he's so rich that it just doesn't oh, yeah. matter. Because that's but- the oh, that's the one one thing I wanted to say. You're talking about how intensely competitive these teams are, and they mm-hmm. absolutely are wildly competitive. They're also playing with hundreds of millions of oh, dollars. Totally. I love <laughs> I forget I can't remember go. his I can't remember his name, but I love the 
uh, the team principal of Racing Point, where he's like, I've worked with other billionaires before, but like, uh, Lawrence Stroll is intense. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, what a ridiculous thing to say. Um, and I, I also oh, really man. love how they show... Otmar, right? That's Otmar? Yeah, Otmar, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love how they, they spliced in some, like, childhood go-kart footage yeah uh yeah. for lance stroll and 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 for a couple other drivers throughout the season like uh it's just really fun to see like basically like little kids driving go-karts at like 50 miles an hour. yeah yeah and that's where they started like that's how mm-hmm. they that's where these all all these drivers come from it's, yeah uh, and like you know all these drivers they you know it, uh racing cars is like you know tennis or golf or whatever where like you know you have your occasional prodigy but like either you come from a lot of wealth or your family sacrificed a shit ton to get you started in the sport because it's just it's an expensive it's an expensive undertaking um you know and that's why you have the sons of billionaires uh walking into f1 seats but also like i think i think this did a good job of showing that like Lance Stroll, like he is a driver with legitimate credentials. Like maybe he wouldn't be in F1, but he's not being outclassed by every other driver on that field. Like he is competing with them. Yeah. He's, and I mean, that's the thing when you're, when you're the, the son of the team owner and you're there because of the team owner, like it's obvious that you're going to get more scrutiny than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's one thing to look at, you know, Checo losing his seat there and being like, well, he was a better driver than Lance Stroll was. And it's like, well, yeah, but Lance Stroll's dad owns the company. But that being said, I 100% agree with you. I think Lance really holds his own in that car and uh, scored a lot of points last year. He did really good. I mean, would he do as well if he was in another car? I don't think so. Would he do what George Russell did in a Mercedes? I don't think so. Yeah, I, but, I totally agree. I, right. I don't yeah. think he's as good but as he's a good driver. Right. But yeah. I would put him on par with, you know, a Kevin Magnuson. Like, yeah, for sure. You yeah. Know. Or even like a, like a now Kimmy, you mm-hmm. know, um, or, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think that he's, I think he's a damn good driver. I think he's a, a solid five to 10 driver. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe a 12 to 16 in a worse car. Yeah. Yeah. In a worse car. Yeah. 12 to 16. For sure. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, overall a good driver. And, and I think that that we're going to see a lot from that team this year, which is uh, no longer racing point. Yeah. But is, um, yeah, it's Aston Martin. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel, which is Sebastian Vettel, which is such a move, you know what I mean, to pull mm-hmm. Seb in and uh, and and just I mean he's he's clearly there just to like teach Lance Stroll to be a better driver. Oh yeah, and to be the like I think he'll, he'll be the face of the team, you know, in a way that be. that Ferrari <laughs> did not really appreciate him yeah. for being. Oh, yeah. um, we're getting ahead of ourselves though yeah um the one last the one other thing i wanted to bring up for this first episode is i think this did a really good job with that press conference that we were talking about of like the way that lewis acts as a leader within the sport where like 
yeah. he is doing it but also trying like clearly trying to do it both with this and like the we races one and like the inclusivity mm -hmm. diversity stuff that he's been doing like he really does seem like he he takes the position seriously like he is like hey i'm the you know sixth in a row time world champion like i'm gonna throw my weight around i can get away with saying you know cash yeah. is king and like battle can also do it because again he's a champion and he clearly doesn't give a fuck about what anybody else thinks yeah um, he's been around the block you know what i mean i think i think when when sebastian and lewis are together like those like i would love to sit down to dinner with those two guys that'd be awesome yeah oh my god but like yeah for that exact reason like seb is a four-time champion lewis is now seven you know, it's like the, and, and I think that, like you said, they both take that responsibility very seriously mm -hmm. and they recognize that like people look at them, not just even as like heroes, but they look at them as, as and not just role models, but as like figureheads, like yeah, oh, exactly. people, people, people are waiting to hear what you have to say mm -hmm. about these issues and people are going to side with you just because you know more than they do. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I think I really I really think this is a great episode. Like they took a task of putting all this stuff together, you know, trying to get in the footage of things that they had already planned to cover, reacting to COVID. And like mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I just think this episode is just it's a really fascinating. Like I want to be able to, you know, go back to this in like five years when I don't remember this stuff so vividly. And like it'll yeah, trigger yeah. like, oh shit, like I remember when that happened. Like you know, yeah. I remember when they canceled Australia and China. Um, but then, so the second episode is back on track. Um, yes. I love that it opens with like immediately it's Christian Horner, it's Clara Williams, and they are on shitty Zoom calls. <laughs> and like the video quality like looks like ass compared to the rest of the show, which is like stunning, like 4K, amazing looking yeah, yeah, footage. Yeah. And then like Christian Horner's like blocky face and like... Uh, and I was like, oh shit, like this is, this is reality now. Like, yeah, this I, I is just... how they had to do it. Yeah. Um, and they all locked down. I will, I will say this though. Um, because when we got back to racing, it was after, um, the murder of George Floyd. It was mm -hmm. after, uh, after, um, there was massive worldwide racial protests and f1 i think did a really good job of of having a we races one uh movement and the beginning of every race all of the drivers stand out there and they had a, a a nice thing that they did at the beginning of each one it was very i thought it was really great and you know again uh inclusivity is obviously important to them um and representation is important to them they didn't talk about it at all in episode two yeah i i have two big critiques of this episode um yeah. and then one too i i also want to say real quick i think that we races one thing would not would also just not happen if it weren't for lewis hamilton 100 right like i can't i don't think the sport as a whole would take that step if it wasn't lewis like dragging them to do it yeah. and like basically like just making demands because he knows that he can and i'm glad that he's yeah. making demands for like a good cause and obviously but, yeah. something that it is and should be very important to him and very important to all of us yeah. i do think it is 
crazy that it has gone unmentioned so far in the first four episodes that we've seen yeah they didn't say anything they didn't say anything about it and it's like that should have been the first i mean like if the first five minutes okay is like them coming back and like you said like what a great opening with you know the the zoom calls and christian horner being all blocky and and like how funny that was and how Mm -hmm. like we recognize that these guys are all in a bubble now and that this is how they have to have to go but then they should have been like oh yeah like this is also the most important thing that's happened to our sport yeah in a long time enough where everyone is going to get together and like acknowledge this issue Mm mm-hmm not a fucking word about it. Because even if they didn't have like good footage of it, they easily could have had like done a, a quick thing with Lewis, like and just given him a couple minutes to talk about it, you know. And like but that's the thing, they, they did have good footage of it because we saw it every week. Well, I mean, like the footage of like how it came about, or like oh, sure, you know, sure, sure, yeah, I got you know, you. um, yeah, they totally could have showed the on the track stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and. Like I said, we've seen the, just the first four episodes. For all I know, that like it's a huge plot line in a future episode, and we'll be discussing it again. Where like they interview some because you know not all of the drivers took a knee. You know, mm-hmm. some of them chose to stand. Like I think that's very interesting, and you know, I don't have a good handle on how that stuff feels outside of the U.S. You know what I mean? Like yeah, F one yeah. being a global sport and stuff. I think it. On the one hand, I think it's interesting that they let the drivers like make that decision, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they didn't like mandate like everybody has to do the same thing. Like it was like, look, you can stand, you can kneel, like whatever makes sense to you. Right. Uh, I would love, right. but I would love to hear more about that from the drivers themselves. So yeah, that's. I mean, I I think just at the end of the day, that's such an interesting. It's such a an interesting and important thing that happened to F1 this year. Mm -hmm. And it happened right when the season started and for them not to mention it at all. And just kind of like go straight into like, up, you know, Red Bull versus Mercedes. Here we go. You know, it's like, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, Yeah. I think it's it's a a very noticeable omission uh, and it sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other Not main good. thing I didn't like about this episode was they don't include like the timeline uh, about like you know where we left off in the first episode and where we're picking up now is like three months, like two months, three months, something like that. I feel like it was. I mean, I, yeah, it was what March to yeah March to June. Yeah. Right? Um. And so, like, and I, I think like that was so weird. Much, yeah, there was so much that happened in that time frame where it was like, oh, like, we might get a, a 10 race season or, oh, it's 12 races and now mm-hmm. it's 15. And, like, and, you know, like how they, how that built up. I, like, that's, I feel like that behind the scenes stuff is really interesting. And that's the kind of things that, like, I want to, I want to know about. I want to know how we got from there might not be a season this year to, you know f1 i mean at some point the the head people of f1 must have gotten together and like called each team and been like here's the deal we can do this but 
Like you can't leave your bubble. You have to stay just within the team. Like you all have to be tested every mm-hmm. three days. And like, like, like that had to be something that everyone agreed to. And they just, they were just like, eh, we're back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like the, <laughs> so, uh, so I just looked it up real quick. Cause I couldn't remember uh, Australia. What was supposed to be March 15th. Uh, Austria, which was the first race was July 5th. So like, that's a huge wow. time gap. That's four months. Yeah. That's four months. And I would have loved to see, like, I was, I was expecting like when, so that's that, like this episode opens, like I said, like we said, it's Christian Horner on zoom and a couple of the other team principals. And you're like, Oh, like this is the new reality. And then it's like, boom, we're in Austria by the end of this episode. And I think yeah. that was really weird because I would have loved to know, like, what was the impact? Like, like what was happening? Um, you know, behind the scenes with the decisions. Like I would like to, I would have loved to see interviews with some of the the crew, the team principals, the drivers about yeah. what were they doing in this gap? You know what I mean? Like right. um, even if they had interviewed some of the people from the Drive to Survive team, you know, about like what they were going through. Like, I feel like there's a whole missing, there's like two missing stories here because I feel like the this episode is very much like quote unquote like new normal like oh like we figured out yeah. what we're doing we're getting back to racing and like all that stuff is important but you're right there's nothing it's like coronavirus happens and then we go away for a bit and then we come back and it's like all right we figured it out like we're ready to go you know we're getting yeah. back to, back to racing and I I feel like there's like there's a whole nother episode that's like missing from this series yeah yeah and I think that it's not like I I don't want anybody to think that I wish that they dwelled on it really hard. But if you're looking at these episodes and they're all an hour long, mm-hmm. right? If the first five minutes was sort of an intro back uh, and then the next 10 or 15 minutes, here I go, I'm, you know, I'm editing it as I wish it would. <laughs> the next 10 or 15 minutes was like this segment on how we had to come back to all of this and like what all of this meant and then the next 10 minutes after that was describing the we race as one movement and how you know the teams rallied together and how lewis hamilton i'm i'm guessing lewis hamilton right you know really drove this point home and and they all rallied behind this and we're like no this is going to be an important thing that we do each week and we want to you know we want to be a part of this moving forward you're only talking about the first half hour of an hour long episode mm-hmm. and the whole episode, correct me if I'm wrong. The whole episode was pretty much just Red Bull versus Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, we're going to talk about that off season. All, yep. all we're going to talk about is Red Bull and Mercedes because they are the two fastest teams and the top two teams by a long shot amongst mm-hmm. everybody else. We know we're going to talk about them. Spend exactly. a half hour bringing us back, explaining mm-hmm. how we got here, and yep. acknowledging the important social movement. And they just blew it. They just missed that entirely. Yeah, and I think we're both on the same page here. That like what is in this episode is super interesting, is super entertaining to watch. It's what's yeah, not yeah. in the episode that we're like that we're you know that we're critiquing. Basically, it's like right. it's the omission. Right. It's. Um, you know, because again, like I really enjoy the like very friendly rivalry between Christian Horner and Toto Wolf. Like, I love it. 
I, I think it. I think it's really funny that they both kind of like bust each other's balls and like Christian's yeah. making fun of his haircut and like yeah, two ultra rich guys and like the one I liked the one part where they're both walking to the stewards <laughs> I think and and Christian's like so we're gonna complain about the DAS yeah. today and Toto's like that's fine he goes pretty incredible though right and he's yeah. like yeah it's cool he's yeah. like it's cool but like. <laughs> I hope no hard feelings. And he's like, yeah, I get it. You know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> I would, like I, they would be protesting if, if the, you know, the shoe was on the other foot, it would go exactly the yeah, same way. Yeah, and it's, like, yeah, we, and, that, and again, gonna... I think, I think what's, what's cool about the way that they show that is that that is part of the sport. Like yeah. all of that car development, like the protest, you know, even with, uh, you know, when Hamilton does stuff that he's not supposed to and everybody mm-hmm. else goes to complain. It's not that they're like whining and bitching like that is baked into how the sport operates it really is like everything is super competitive any advantage that you get off the track could mean something on the track yeah Hamilton getting a five second point penalty changes who's on the podium hell yeah it does and it happened this season Mm -hmm. but like even beyond that you know you you look at um like you know you don't hear Antonio Giovinazzi getting uh, a whole lot of complaints against him. Right. You know? Right. For good reason. He, like, nobody, like, nobody cares. If he gets a five-second penalty, everybody's going to be like, that's great. You right. know? You went, you went from 17th to 19th. Yeah. Bummer. But Lewis Hamilton, on the other hand, if he sneezes wrong, mm-hmm. and it's like, let's go, let's, let's do this right now. Like, let's get him... Let's get that penalty done. Right. And what's fun about it too, I think, is that like the, the commentary around that always feeds into like, well, we know Lewis should know better. So he definitely also should get a penalty. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like he should know. It's like, um, well, they all should know. They're the 20 greatest right. drivers on the planet. Like, of course yeah. they should know. I really love that we got to see the, the moment where they were like, Red, the Red Bull was like, so, uh, you know, uh, FIA stewards like you apparently didn't have this footage but we found this onboard footage from Lewis's car <laughs> that clearly shows him driving past the yellow the yellow marker yeah like no like oh, yeah I guess you're yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about like how did you not have that you're the, you watched the race like, right like, showed on the race shouldn't you have all the footage like yeah you like know all it, of it it's not like it's like the Zapruder film and like Red Bull like found the guy like filming on his iPhone like in the stands. <laughs> nope. There's a hundred cameras on each car. Yeah. Like, you have all of that. It's, it's all saved every single race. And you know what? When this incident happened, all you have to do is go look at that footage. Um, <laughs> uh, and this, the other, the other storyline on top of, on top of the like Red Bull versus Mercedes, the other big storyline that this um, episode introduces is Alex Albon. And like already knowing how his season is going to turn out, it was like heartbreaking all over again with like, you know, Lewis like taking him out of the race and they get you a know, flashback to Brazil the previous season. And you just, you know, and this is stuff that comes back in later episodes that we've seen but it really it really shows how psychological being an f1 driver is oh absolutely and i mean even beyond that 
it shows how hard it is to come back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you have one slip or one mess up, it's not so bad. But then when it happens three weeks in a row, it, it's so difficult. And the thing to remember too, a lot of these guys are kids. Yeah. Like a lot of them are, you know, Lewis and Seb, like, Kimmy, these guys are in their mid thirties. I mean, Kimmy's what, like fifty-five now? <laughs> yeah, but, Kimmy's eat, eating dinner at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, he gets the he gets the early bird. But uh, uh, like Al- but Alex people, Alban is going to turn twenty-five in like next week. Yeah, so you know when he signed to Red Bull, he was twenty-three, mm-hmm. and then had an entire season at twenty-four years old which was his second season and he's with the number two team competing for number one mm-hmm. and bummer your teammate is the greatest driver of of the generation yeah you know, yeah he, exactly max verstappen is the new best mm-hmm. and everybody knows it yeah the minute that lewis is like i retire max is going to start winning championships exactly i don't that's think that's just how it is yeah, because I think if you have, let's say, Valtteri Bottas in a Mercedes and you have uh, Max in a Red Bull, that's very competitive. Like, that's a coin toss yeah. every single time. Max could, at that point, he could still win the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, what do you do? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're the when you're the second seat, and then, and unfortunately, it really seems like I don't know if it's something to do with the team culture or with the psychology of it, of who your teammate is and who your team is, or I don't know what it is, but I know that Red Bull seems to chew people up and spit them out if you're that second seat. Yeah, and I think. You know, I, I think it's something that we talked about last season. Like, so, you know, this may come up in future Drive to Survive episodes, but it's something that we've talked about because it happened. You know, I think Mercedes in a, is in a spot where they're comfortable with who their number two driver is. Ferrari mm-hmm. was in a spot where they were like, hmm, we think our number two driver should be our number one driver. Yeah. And kind of pulled the rug out from Seb. And so, you know, and then all the other teams, you know, I mean, Which clearly McLaren like, did the same thing. Right. McLaren did the same thing Ferrari did, mm-hmm. but go on. Go yeah. On. And then, you know, Renault, like they had uh, Ricardo as their guy and Ocon was their other guy, you yep. know, and it was like very clear as to who was outperforming who on the track. I think the additional pressure for Red Bull is they know they have a good car, but there's a lot of questions around how much of it is the car being good and how much of it is Verstappen just being that good of a driver where he is making up for where the car might be deficient where the car is set up for his driving style. So specifically that it's really difficult for other people to drive. Um, But they have the additional pressure. They're like, they're like, Oh, they're in the same car. And it's like, yeah, but what if somebody doesn't know how to drive that car? Or like, if you don't know, like, you're asking uh, they Red Bull is actively asking drivers to be as good as Max Verstappen. Like if you're not in fourth place mm-hmm. or better for Red Bull every week, then they they don't want anything to do with you. 
Yeah, because Red Bull needs their second driver to pick up points and put them in a position where they're not constantly reacting to Mercedes race strategy. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's what keeps them in that second spot is that Max can only do so much by himself because, you know, you constantly have Lewis and Bottas, like, and the pit strategies and all that kind of stuff in the, you know, the tire degradation, everything. We're like, all right, well, we'll pit Bottas now so that we're undercutting Verstappen. Then we'll wait for Max to pit and then we'll pit Lewis because we know Lewis can make the tires. You know, he's got such a huge lead that like, you know, if he's two seconds slower, there's still no way for Max to catch it. You know what I mean? Like, and if you had both Red Bull drivers in the mix, that makes Mercedes math around all that stuff much more complicated and much more difficult. And it's easier to force them to make a mistake because that's, you know, that's how Red Bull wins races is that like you know mercedes makes a mistake or red bull forces them to you know to choose the option they shouldn't have picked you know there's all kinds of things that go into it and so you know i think we saw over the course of the season just how much pressure albon was under and how you know like you said once you get behind on something like you know, a, a couple of drivers, you know, even in these first couple episodes are like, your job as an F1 driver is to push the car to the absolute limit you can to the yeah. point of like, you know, you should be right on that edge of I'm going to lose control and spin out and crash, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can't get it to that limit, then you're not driving the car as like fast enough, basically. Yeah. Wasn't you know? that Mario Andretti who said that? Like if you feel, if you don't feel out of control, you're mm-hmm. not going fast enough. Yeah. And it's like, what a perfect way. And that's, but that's the thing that makes these drivers, you know, so many people are confused about like, oh, they're just cars going in a circle. And it's like, no, no, no. You need to be a superhero to be able to drive one of these and not like fly into a wall every single time mm-hmm. because it is so it's so shockingly difficult for that exact reason like you need to feel that car going 60 miles an hour around a a perfect 90 degree corner Mm -hmm. and not you know completely losing control of it but coming so close that like you might destroy a million dollar car yeah and i think it was in this episode with lando where they're like walking the track and he's like, this is how far out Max Verstappen goes when he's doing a lap. He's like, I need to find a way to get this far, like this close to the physical edge of the racetrack without hitting the gravel and spinning out. Right. He's like, right. and I, like, I have to get there and I don't right. quite know how to do it yet. And like, I, I think to, like, to me, that's so interesting. And, and he also talks about after the gap, like that was one of the few times where they show where they had anybody talking about like how much time had passed where he's like oh yeah the first time I went to break my like head was like in my lap because I would like just was yeah. not used to the g-forces anymore right right it's uh I mean yeah so the second episode for what it was taking away the things that I wish were there mm-hmm. um which again maybe they'll talk about later I don't see that happening but um I really did enjoy uh, enjoy kind of seeing the drivers get excited to come back in and and jump in and again like they they are they continue to kind of develop these storylines especially with Albon like 
you know, you see, you just see him struggle and like, I watch it and it's like, it's unfortunate because he's such a good driver. Like mm-hmm. any other driver, if they went 10 seasons and finished 75% of their races in the top 10, like you're a great fucking driver. Yeah. And they just, it's just not good enough. If you're the second seat at Red Bull, it's mm-hmm. just not good. If you're landing in fifth or sixth, every single race, it's just not good enough. And that's a bummer, you know, because like, I guess this year we'll see what happens when, when Checo's in that seat. Cause he's a good driver. Yeah. And it's like, I had a, I had an early prediction. We'll save prediction time for, for much later, but, uh, I have a I have a pretty early prediction involving that one, um, and we'll see what happens. But it's one of those things where I can I can envision a scenario in which Checo becomes the Bottas of Red Bull, which is in this case a compliment. But I also see a scenario yeah. where, like, where that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can see that I could see a scenario where he is the perfect number two. Red Bull and he's like yep I know what my job is my job is to basically back up Max and in situations where you know as we saw a couple times last season where Max gets a DNF because there's a some kind of technical issue with the car then my job is to finish as high as possible like you know his job is to win the race you know that's every every driver's job but I think you know as we'll see especially over episodes three and four of this drive to survive season there's all sorts of dynamics at play oh yeah yeah, I just want to. I just want. I just want to tease that that we'll be talking about that oh, a lot next time. <laughs> there's some. There's some significant uh, driver A and B dynamics that yeah. uh, that they they touch on pretty hard, uh, especially in. Yeah, there's. I mean, the next couple episodes are heavy on it. Yeah, uh, I do want my, the last thing I wanted to talk about with the second episode is just that yeah. it is crazy that like. I associate Ferrari with Formula One more than any other team. And you have these first two seasons, first two episodes of this Netflix season, and they are barely in it. They don't talk about them at all. And it's unfortunate because like, I am like, I'm a Ferrari fan. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I I decided after watching the first Drive to Survive uh, and and getting into things, you know, a couple, I guess a couple seasons ago that it's like, okay, like I'm going to be a Ferrari guy. And like, we've said it before and I'll say it again. I root for every one of these dudes every week. Yeah. Um, I, I respect them all. Uh, well, well, for 2021, 19 out of 2020. 20. <laughs> yeah. 19. Yeah, exactly. 19 out of 20 for 2021. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I really am always pulling for and never uh never i I like i like the teams i like the drivers Mm -hmm. uh but i decided i was a ferrari guy yeah and who boy last season was hard and watching these first two episodes where they didn't say a word about ferrari the team of formula one like you think formula one you think ferrari yep they don't say shit about them like you don't even see them i was like oh no <laughs> it's worse than i remembered <laughs> what a ridiculous thing yeah it's uh it's amazing how bad their season was last year and like it's shocking 
Yeah. It really was like watching a car wreck in slow motion where you're like, I can see all this happening and it's just not going to get any better. Yeah, no, I think the greatest thing about last season, and, and we're getting a little off topic. I am getting off topic. Uh, <laughs> the greatest thing about last season, though, was whenever, like, it was the two, I think two times or maybe three, I think two times that Charles got on the podium and he was like, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> it's like yeah. cool like yeah we, we did it you guys like i don't like neat i guess but like, yeah. had no clue how that well managed, it was how like because he, he would get on the podium and then seb wouldn't get out of like q3 yeah exactly and it was just oh god it's, that's so we'll talk about that i think <laughs> yeah. that that episode has the best title of the season of drive to survive i don't think i don't uh, think they'll top it it's it's pretty great uh, that's the best title, uh, which we are going to touch on uh, next, time. next episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, so this one is, it's the 19th. This one's yep. coming out. And mm-hmm. then uh, I guess every, every couple few days we'll drop a drop the next episode up until, uh, up until it's time to start making predictions for 2021. F yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so we'll be the idea is that you know we'll be talking about two episodes at a time. So if, if you wanted to, you could watch two episodes of Drive to Survive, come back, listen to this show, and kind of watch mm-hmm. along with us as we go through the, the whole season and consequently all of 2020. Uh, so there's 10 episodes again this season, so we'll have five episodes of our show covering it, and then we'll be doing a like 2021 season preview and getting ready to talk about Australia. So uh, no, they're not starting. Australia oh, right. Right. Yeah. I forgot. Billy Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't so like fun. gotten all the F1 stuff, you know, back up in my brain yet. I know. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's hard. It's, it's nice to be excited about it, but it's also kind of weird and hard to be excited about it at the same time. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I'm so thrilled and I'm just ready to, uh, ready to hop on the ready to hop on the season it's going to be a good one yeah i'm i mean just talking about it with you has got me more excited and even just watching the first couple episodes of drive to survive has gotten me like the hype trains it's going to be it's rolling it's rolling i'm getting back into it oh yeah it's Um, going to be a great season uh, i can't wait do you want to take us out where people can uh reach out to the show yeah, we made it so much easier than last year. We did. We uh, finally like got our brains together and we're like, oh, we can make this easy and not stupid. We can do smart <laughs> things. And so uh, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FYAF1Pod. Um, and you can email us at FYAF1 at gmail.com. Yep. And you can find uh, the episodes of the show wherever you're getting your podcasts. You can also find them on moviejohn.com. Uh, hell yeah movie john yeah because we're part of the movie john podcast network i think right now as of this recording there are nine podcasts on there eight of them are about movies and this one is about formula one racing so and i will say this because uh i almost called your your partner rosalie your your partner in crime at movie john rosalie out on it when she was like this one's not about movies at all we're gonna discuss movies on this podcast because when there's going to be, I, that's the one thing about this upcoming season is I was so spoiled last year 
about how like it was every Sunday and mm-hmm. now there's like week or, like a week or two in between a bunch of races so uh, we're going to review some cool racing movies and oh, yeah. uh, and and talk about stuff you should watch uh, when we're waiting for the next race to come up yeah we're like we're- like a pseudo movie podcast yeah we're like a, a, a stealth movie podcast yeah exactly exactly yeah. Uh, so uh, until next time, FDF1. FDF1.